You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Your Woo Woo Best Friend. This is Andy. I'm your host of the show, and I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? How has this summer been going for you? I can't believe we're approaching the end of August, or maybe I can believe. Here's what's up with me. I am two months away, a little less than that, actually, from my wedding. Ben and I are getting married on October 13th. When we set the date back in March when we got engaged, I was like, yeah, six months to plan a small wedding. It's going to be family, some very close friends. And that's really it. We decided that we wanted to have something that felt very intimate and We are also the type of folks that we really want to allocate our money to things that will give us joy in other ways, like travel. We obviously bought a second home this year, which is available to rent as a personal retreat, La Foray. If you don't know about it, I've talked about it on quite a few other episodes, and you can go Get on the wait list to book your own personal retreat for this fall or winter. I'll leave that link in the show notes. But those are the types of things that we like to spend our money on. Not that folks that love having parties and events shouldn't be spending their money on those things. That's just not quite us. So money, it is one of those topics of conversation that is always there's a lot of energy around it. We actually have a money mindset workbook that's available for free over in WeWe Studio. And I get so many messages from folks that are like, hey, thank you so much for helping me to reset how I think about money or how I treat money or how I treat myself in relation to money. Growing up in, in my household, we did not talk about money. We didn't talk about investing or saving. I had no idea what the cost of college even was when I was starting to go to college. I honestly got student loans and still didn't even really understand how much money I was getting, how the repayment terms would look. And it was years after college before I started to really get some perspective about how interest rates worked and things of that sort. I was buying my first home and was really learning about the mortgage process while I was buying that house. And I think a lot of that comes from money being quite a taboo topic. And that is definitely changing, I think, in today's today's times, especially for women. We're having a whole lot more conversations about money, the money mindset, how we think about money in relation to our worth. And today's topic is another one of those taboo-ish sort of topics in which women especially I think, have not yet quite gotten comfortable in making a part of the daily conversation. So today, I invited Sharon Bucknam, the co-founder of Crypto Witch Club, which is an inclusive, equitable space for all to learn about everything from blockchain tech to Web3. She believes that equity lies in education and offers easy-to-understand answers to blockchain and 
Web3 related questions for the Crypto Witch Club community. Prior to launching the community, which she launched in September of 2021 with her business partner, Caitlin, she ran a marketing and PR consultancy in New York City for nine years. She's incredibly intelligent. And in saying that, so are you. So I don't want you to turn this off and go, I don't understand already. I'm not interested in getting into this because I think that that is how we keep ourselves small. If you are sitting there thinking, no, you know, Bitcoin is a total scheme. It's not for me. Or I'm never going to invest in NFTs. Not for me. Just hear this hear this conversation out. And Sharon's going to really break it down so it's easy for you to understand. There's a part of the conversation in which I ask her about NFTs. And I'm like, all I know about NFTs is like at some point, I read this story about a collector of NFTs spending $450,000 to live as Snoop Dogg's virtual neighbor. What does that even mean? I don't even understand what that means. And she helps me to get a much better perspective of how Web3 and crypto and NFTs could work in my world as a small business owner and as an entrepreneur. We talk about Vacation Inc. and their sister company, Pool Suite. I love Vacation Inc. I'm kind of crazy about Vacation Inc. as a brand. If you're not familiar with it, it's a sunscreen company, but they have this sister company called Pool Suite. And I was digging around on OpenSea, which is a place where you can go and buy NFTs. And it's trading right now, this particular NFT that we talk about in the episode for, I looked it up and it's like, it's like $1,900 to buy an executive membership to the Pool Suite Club. And even in the episode, as Sharon and I are talking, we're not exactly sure what the membership gets you, but we were both like, yeah, I think I kind of want into that. So let that just spark your interest, especially if you are an artist or a creator, or a small business owner, what is it that you could create that people would want to get into and would pay money to be a part of? It's really about community building. And that was a big aha for me in this conversation, the idea of community building. Now, as we talk about that, we're also going to talk about cryptocurrency. And there's certainly some volatility in the world around cryptocurrency, but there also is volatility volatility in the regular stock market. So I want you to just be open, go into this conversation with an, a mindset of being willing to learn because that is what I had to do because this was very much something that I was not familiar with. I had put a little bit of money personally into cryptocurrency last year, and I honestly haven't really looked back to see how it was doing until recently. So it's not doing great. But the intention is that I'm going to leave it there and let it hopefully grow in the long term, which is what I do with much of my stock market buys also. So, okay, enough about all that. Let's get into the episode. Let me bring Sharon into the conversation. Here we go. A conversation about blockchain tech, Web3, NFTs, and cryptocurrency. Let's get into it. Hi, hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this conversation. Obviously, I've already shared that with you, that this is a conversation that I haven't had before. I am a total novice, and I am really excited about learning something that is completely outside of my wheelhouse. So let's get right into it. 
So Sharon, tell me a little bit about you, your background, and how you found your way into this world and founded the Crypto Witch community. Yeah. So I started investing in crypto in 2017. Um, I knew a few people that had done it, and I was really intrigued by what the technology could do. And I just thought there was so much opportunity there. I really saw it as like the new internet. Um, so I've been investing for about five years now. And one thing I always like to tell people is I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have an investment background. I'm not in finance. I went to art school. Um, I went to Pratt. So I'm not, I think it's a good example that kind of anybody with any background can still get involved in, in Web3. Um, after I kind of been involved in investing for myself for five years, I talked to my friend, Caitlin, who was my business partner. Um, we ran a digital marketing and PR agency together and I kind of was like, Hey, now that we're both invested in crypto, um, you know, we're not feeling as passionate about some of our client projects. How do you feel about, you know, starting a project of our own? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And we created Crypto Witch Club and just started asking, like putting a couple of questions out on Instagram. And from day one, people were kind of coming back and doing the quizzes and asking really interesting and informed questions. And it kind of just grew from there. You know, we tried to create something that wasn't out there when we first got in and that we felt like we wanted and needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really specific. It's like, it's not just crypto or blockchain technology or Web3 for women. It's like, if you're a little witchy and you want to hang with other folks that are all about creating an inclusive and equitable space, that's who we are. So come on over and we'll give you all, all the deets of what is happening in this world. So it is, it feels like a very specific group of people that are going to come hang out in the Crypto Witch Club. Yeah, totally. A lot of people kind of join our community when they're just getting started and they're kind of looking for a resource to trust. And we kind of really try to set up our education. So it's like we tell you what the facts are, we kind of tell you our opinions, and we leave you to make the choice for yourself. Um, so it's just kind of a cool supportive space to learn and you know, a lot of things that apply to crypto also apply to traditional investing. So there's some good crossover lessons there too. And, you know, I think claiming money, especially as women, is one of like the best ways to gain power. So I think it's just really important to, to learn about these new technologies and invest in this new technologies when it's at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's go like 101, super novice. Let's start with blockchain technology. Explain what it is. So if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, I've got a little bit of understanding around investing, but I certainly don't know about this type of investing or even what blockchain technology is, help us to start to get an understanding with that. Sure. So blockchain tech is what allows for cryptocurrencies and NFTs um, to essentially... Um, be bought, sold, traded without a third party, such as a bank or a centralized system. So um, if you kind of think of blockchain in relation to cryptocurrencies and NFTs, blockchain is kind of the foundation and the network. We like to think of it as train tracks. So a blockchain is the train tracks and then the NFTs and cryptocurrency 
run on those train tracks or the trains. Um, and, you know, the blockchain keeps the cryptocurrencies and the NFT secured and moving in the right direction. And the NFTs and cryptocurrencies are able to run on top of it and be secure without needing a third party. Okay. Makes sense. So if someone wanted to invest in crypto or buy NFTs, start an NFT collection, the blockchain tech is how you start to get there without having to go through what is traditionally an entity like a bank. Exactly. Okay. That's super helpful. I didn't know that. And now I know that. Okay, great. Awesome. All right. So let's talk a little bit about crypto. I definitely have friends that believe that it's a total scheme. I was reading your blog and there was this really great quote from the Harvard Business Review. And it said, if you believe that Bitcoin offers no utility beyond serving as a Ponzi scheme or device for money laundering, then it would only be logical to conclude that the con- that consuming any amount of energy is wasteful. This was all around the environment and how it's related to crypto. And that was just a really good starting point. Just reading that part of the quote, I was like, yeah, I definitely know people that that's what they believe. But at the same time, I know some folks that, especially folks that were early adopters that have had great successes, they've bought second and third homes, they've invested in businesses. They seem to be incredibly knowledgeable about how they're investing in crypto. And with that, they're being really successful and they're having losses too, but they're not completely freaked out by it. So help us to understand crypto Yeah, I love that quote you pulled because it's so interesting. I think there's a lot to demystify in the crypto space. And one way is how it uses energy. I actually read today that um, for one cryptocurrency, Solana, uh, it uses up less energy than opening a Google Sheet. So it's really cool to see these new, really energy efficient um, cryptocurrencies come in and kind of shake up what people think a cryptocurrency is. So crypto is digital currency that runs on the blockchain. Um, The first crypto project, Bitcoin, um, that was brought into popularity and existence um, in 2009 during the financial crisis, um, it it was the first cryptocurrency and the reason it was called cryptocurrency is Bitcoin uses a proof of work, um, which uses cryptography to um, create security for that blockchain. So that's how it was named, but essentially it's just a digital currency that is secured by the blockchain. And some people, I think there's, there's this debate of what is the value, like, you know, and the, the answer to that is it's akin to a stock, right? When you're investing in a cryptocurrency, you're investing in that specific technology or the specific function that coin is performing. So some coins um, helps optimize supply chains. Some coins are counterfeit protectors. Some coins are payment processors. I mean, there's so many different utilities behind them. Um, I think to understand the environmental aspect of it, um, it's really important to understand that cryptocurrencies work differently. So a proof of work cryptocurrency, which is really old. And I don't want to say it's dated, but you know, it was the first to come with Bitcoin. It's kind of like AOL dial-up. I like to think of it as, you know, it was the OG. Um, And then cryptography and the process of proof of work does use up a lot of energy because what it's doing is using these high power computers to run Um, algorithms to solve these complicated math problems, cryptography problems. 
Um, but now there are different types of proof of work and different types of ways when cryptocurrencies are minted. So you have something like uh, proof of stake, which is more energy efficient. And you'll see projects like Ethereum that are moving from proof to work, proof of work, which is more energy consuming to proof of stake. You have proof of authority. And then you also have coins like Algorand, which are actually carbon negative because they offset any carbon emissions they make. So um, I think there's a lot to demystify for the public, but the truth is you can invest in sustainable and ethical cryptocurrency solutions. You just need to know what to look for. And one of the things to look for is protocols. So if someone wants to make an environmentally conscious buying decision, which protocols should they look for? Yeah, so I would say one thing to stay away from is proof of work. Um, which is what Bitcoin is and what Ethereum currently is, although, as we just said, they're switching. And I would look at um, things that are proof of stake or other versions of proof of stake. There's a lot of um, variations of it that are out there, but that uses up a lot of a, a lot less electricity. Similarly, if you're somebody who are interested in NFTs and purchasing NFTs, um, Ethereum, due to the protocol, proof of work, it has, it's very expensive and it's very slow and it's not very energy efficient um, for NFT transactions. So although Ethereum is the most popular for a lot of NFT projects, if you use a Polygon or a Solana uh, network for NFTs or marketplace for NFTs, not only can you reduce gas fees from hundreds of dollars to just a few dollars, um, which are the transaction fees on the blockchain. Um, but also you'll have a really efficient, quick, energy efficient purchase. So that's what I would look for. And for you personally, as someone with an art background who was working as a PR and marketing consultant, what was that moment for you where you were like, oh yeah, I think I need to get into this. I need to have an understanding of this. And this feels like the future. Right here. Yeah, I think in 2017, I was like kind of challenged. Like there were some people talk about cryptocurrency and I was like just being really nosy and being like, what? Like this sounds so cool. This seems so intense. Like how does it work? And one of them was just like, figure it out. But like, don't complain to me if you like lose money, you pull out the next day. And, you know, I don't think it was like he was being mean. I think he was just kind of like, I didn't give you financial advice type of thing. Um, and I think that kind of drove me where I was like, oh, I think somebody thinks like I can't do it. I think that makes me want to do it even more. So I spent like two weeks just researching it. And like, I remember getting my hair done. I was like at the sink with my phone, like figuring out how to sign up for exchanges. And I just got really excited by it. And I think, you know, because we had been working for clients for so long, even though we owned our own business and that was really rewarding you know, you're always telling other people's stories and it's great to tell other people's stories and you believe in and all of that. But I was like, I think I was ready after almost a decade of doing that kind of ready to tell our story. And I was like, well, what's the most, what's the thing that's needed? And like, what's a niche we can fill and what's missing. And it just was so naturally this. And I think our background in building brands really helped us you know, A-B test the social media and start really lean and work up from there. I mean, we just slapped our branding package together really fast just to like test it, you know, and we didn't overthink things, which I think is really critical when you're like building something new. 
Did it feel like for you when you were getting started, and even as you were starting to build Crypto Witch Club with Caitlin, that there was not a lot of spaces where women could learn or women could have these conversations? Yeah. I mean, honestly, in 2017, I felt like there was no space for anybody to have conversations. Like even a guy, like a fellow finance bro type of guy would, you know, ask a question somebody would think was quote unquote stupid and like demolish them on Twitter. And I was very, um, like isolated. I was like, I'm not going on Twitter. Like this is such negative energy. And I'm like, I'm not interested in this type of lifestyle. But I have noticed in the past like two years, there have been a ton of women coming up and being louder and kind of taking up space. And I think that's really exciting because it's not just Crypto Witch Club. Like now you have my BFF and you have Boys Club. Um, Shefi Crypto. There's lots of women-led groups and communities and initiatives. And I think it's so great because, you know, I think we're all a believer in collaboration over competition. Like whenever I meet a woman in Web3, they're always so nice. Like, what can we do for each other? Like, what are you working on? Oh my God, that's so exciting. I have a connection for you. Like, it's just such a good community and it feels so good to see women just being like, there's not just, we're not being competitive. Like we're in it to win it. And just, it's such a good group dynamic. So I'm glad to see how much it's changed the past five years. And I'm just hoping, you know, it continues to diversify. And, you know, I think web three is a place for everyone, but like you can't access it if you don't have the education. There's another part of that quote that I shared earlier from the Harvard Business Review that says, if you're one of the tens of millions of individuals using it as a tool to escape monetary repression, inflation, or capital controls, you most likely think it's energy extremely well spent. So talk to me a little bit about that idea. Yeah. So the thing I think is so cool about crypto is I think my father's from Iran, which is obviously like there's a lot of repression there. Um, and there's not a lot of freedom. And also their currency doesn't hasn't done that well. It's down like 50%. Um, so there's, I think when you look at something like that, um, you see more why it's there's a need for it versus when you're in the US and even with inflation, you know, we're pretty blessed that we have a very stable economy. Um compared to something like Iran. So I think it really is life-changing for people who have a fiat currency in their country that maybe isn't that stable. I think it's a great idea to invest in crypto and kind of hold on to your life savings or whatever you may need. And I also think it's a great way for anybody to hedge against inflation. But I say that with like a little asterisk because I'm really talking long-term you know, crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all coins are still really volatile. So while I believe long term, Bitcoin and Ethereum especially are a great hedge against inflation, they're so volatile short term, then if you're looking for short term investment, it's probably not the best. Um, but that being said, that doesn't mean you can't invest in cryptocurrency. You can, you know, do things like mimic the actions of your savings bank by staking a stable coin and getting a really high interest rate at an exchange, um, which is a little more like intermediate, but like it's it's fairly easy to do. So I think there are a lot of different ways people can kind of be involved and make it work for them. Yeah, I when I think about how I invest 
how I normally invest. I really think about the long term. I'm, you know, still pretty young and I think about, okay, I'm going to put my money in and I don't want to be excited by it. I just want to let it sit and I want to let it do its job. Um, I love index funds, things of that sort. Love an index fund. Yeah. It's just taking along and doing what it's supposed to do. So for someone like me who is investing in that way, which types of coins should I be looking at when I'm thinking about crypto? I think what you would probably want to do is a blend. Like I think if you go onto something like for beginners, like Gemini Exchange, um, which is a centralized cryptocurrency exchange and their stable coins are insured, um, similar to how your money is insured in your savings account. Um, this is just is not FDIC insured. It's like privately insured. But you can go on to Gemini, um, select like GUSD, which is a stable coin. So it's pegged to the US dollar and it fluctuates with the US dollar. And then you can choose to earn interest on it. I think right now it's between 6 and 7% APY. Um, and that's a way you can really safely invest in crypto or use it kind of as a savings account. Because right now with a traditional like high yield savings account, you know, you still will get maybe 1% interest. So I think for people who are more conservative, or if you're like a lover of index funds, something like that's really stable where you know, I'm going to be getting back 7% interest each year. Um, if you're somebody who's a little more, you know, I think when we're young, we can sometimes take more risks. You know, I always suggest putting a portion into altcoins. Um, I think there's a lot of really exciting ones like Algorand I mentioned earlier um, and basic attention token, which is like a, an internet token that rewards uh, users. Um, I think there's a, a lot of a lot of potential to be had in some major altcoin projects. So I would definitely say like put a little bit in there and just diversify. Awesome. So when we're talking about a stable coin for someone who has no idea what that means, what is a stable coin? So a stable coin is a, a cryptocurrency token that is pegged to something. So a stable coin can be is often pegged to a fiat currency like a dollar or a pound. Um, and you know, it can also be, you know, pegged to oil or gold though. Um, but most often it's pegged to the US dollar if you're in the US. Okay, got it. So I shared this with you. I personally had Terra Luna in my portfolio and something happened. I don't know exactly what it was. I know it was a stable coin and I know something seemed to have gone really wrong. So what happened in that case? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, I don't want to say a great example, but it's a very humbling example of a stress test gone bad. Um, we like to call it essentially, you know, Terra Luna and um, the stablecoin, the corresponding like sister stablecoin, um, it was an algorithmic stablecoin. So they worked in conjunction with each other. There was a large, large portion that was removed from staking, which is essentially when you, you know, leave your, your cryptocurrency on an exchange to earn interest. And um, it was removed very quickly and sold, which essentially broke the um, algorithmic stablecoin function. So a lot of volatility. And, you know, I think some, I think it's such a great idea. I love the idea of algorithmic stablecoin, like um, DAI is another example of an algorithmic stablecoin. But I think this is a really good learning experience because if something's not tested, you never know when it's going to break. 
So, you know, if they've never had millions and millions of dollars being withdrawn at once from one of these uh, projects, then, you know, they're not going to know and it's not going to be able to catch up. Essentially, it was also a deep pegging. So a stable coin is supposed to be pegged when all that money um, uh, flew out, essentially, or flowed out, I should say. Um, the stable coin became unpegged. And then once it all happens, then people panic too. So on top of the whole, you know, depegging and break, you then had investors all pulling out. So um, it's not a good look for the Terra Luna team. Um, I'm interested to see what inside action was taken, um, which I think we'll find out soon. So <laughs> stay tuned. Interesting. Yeah. And it is just a good reminder of just, just like you would do on the regular stock market, it, you should never put all of your money in one place because something can happen. Exactly. We had a small position in Terra Luna, um, which is worth like less than a dollar now. And, um, the, the only thing we can say is like, okay, we're a learning, it was a learning experience. We learned what happened. Um, we're going to do like look into teams more, especially now, because, you know, I think the the owner and the founder was, you know, maybe not as aligned with us as we thought. Um, and, you know, stay diversified because um, there were some people who had all their crypto earnings in Terra Luna and they, you know, they grew their portfolio so big and they lost it in a blink of an eye. If you, if you grow a big project, you know, there's some time where you want to take it out and actually split it amongst some other ones just to keep it safe. Thanks for that for that info cuz I, I certainly was like I don't know what happened and I'm glad I didn't have more money there than I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard cuz it's a very multi-layered a, a multi-layered fail, right? <laughs> like there's so many parts that happened and so many things that went wrong, but you know, it's new tech and it goes to show like even the most well-intentioned perhaps um projects doesn't mean they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about NFTs. I think most folks listening probably have at least heard of NFTs. They have some idea. Maybe they've heard about the Snoop Dogg neighborhood NFT. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know what that's really about, but I've certainly heard of folks like buying houses in Snoop Dogg's neighborhood. That's like the first like conversation I recall having about NFT, NFTs, but what exactly is an NFT? And if you've only heard like little stories, how could someone start to get some good resources going if they're interested in learning more about NFTs? Yeah. If you want to learn more NFTs, we actually have a great beginner's uh, guide on our website at cryptowitchclub.io. It's free. You just download it and it has kind of all the like 101 need to knows in it. Um, I think the, the most important thing to understand about NFTs is they're not cryptocurrencies, but they're similar to cryptocurrencies in that they run on the blockchain and the blockchain is what grants them security. Um, a cryptocurrency, or excuse me, an NFT is a non-fungible token, which essentially means it can't be copied or duplicated. This is because they have each NFT has a unique um, numerical identifier and that number shows it's it's essentially kind of like proof of ownership, right? So that's what makes the NFT an NFT. I think the best way to get into it is first find artists and projects you're into. I think it's important to understand that, you know, the NFTs you're going to be into are so dependent on who you are as a person. So some people love 
art and kind of like profile pick NFTs and generative, you know, thousand, 10,000 piece collection NFTs. Um, other people, you know, a lot of artists have had success using like selling their music as NFTs. If you look at like Imogen Heap, she's been doing it for years and she does music and visual albums and people can purchase. And then she actually donates, um, and purchases carbon credits to offset her emissions as well. Um, so that's super cool, but also like NFTs are aside from art or music or a collectible, um, NFTs grant access to community, which is really the most important part. Mm, interesting. Okay, so so talk a little bit more about NFTs and community. And I suppose we should talk about Web3 and what it is at the same time. Yeah, so um, NFTs fall under the Web3 umbrella. So essentially, if you look at Web1, uh, Web1 is the earliest version of the internet. It's AOL dial-up. It's where you can read information. So you go on the internet to maybe read, you know, an encyclopedia page or get information. Web two is what we're in and we're kind of transitioning out of. Um, Web two is, you know, MySpace, Tom, Facebook's launching. This is when we can like read and write. So we can communicate with each other in social profiles. We have like sophisticated checkouts on websites. We have the like chat rooms things like that. Web three is different than web two because you add in digital ownership. So one thing that makes web three special is on the blockchain. Um, The blockchain is creating that, um, excuse me, the blockchain's creating the security and the authenticity to actually self-own that item. It's proof of ownership, which we've never had before. Um, For example, if you let's say, buy an album on iTunes, you can download it or listen to it or, um, you know, interact with it, share with friends, but you don't own it, actually. Um, If you bought that music file as an NFT, you could do the same things you could do with it before, but because you actually own it, you can also sell it or you can trade it or you can, you know, if there's a community with it, you can access different parts of that community while you hold it. so it's it's kind of cool. It's essentially it's not a new version of the internet, but it's it's an ex- extension and upgrade of what we kind of have. So it looks like there's a whole lot more collaboration happening in the web3 world. Is that right? Absolutely. Totally. And I think people are really taking the taking advantage of it. And I think for not just artists, but any young creators or you know, artists, musicians, you know, content makers, um you know, I think it's a system that really rewards creators. So if you're somebody creative or you're a creator or, you know, you're inspired by it, you know, I think it's it's so necessary to get involved and see how it can benefit you. Um, artists and musicians, like, you can benefit from lifelong, lifetime royalties every time somebody, you know, sells it. So it really is changing the game for content creators. Mm, interesting. Okay. So let me see if I have it right. If I am a musician or an artist and I'm launching, let's just say a new, a new album and I, and I want to create an NFT with the album, then every time that NFT is sold going forward, I could set it up so that I get royalties from that sale. Absolutely. That's cool. Super cool. Right. (laughs) 
And you can also, to reward your community, if you're an artist or a content creator or a musician, you can reward your community. For example, like in September, we're launching the Crypto Witch Club card. So what that does is it gives you access to basically a token-gated portal. And what that means is if you have the numerical identifier, if it shows your NFT, your Crypto Witch Club cards in your crypto wallet, then you get access to, to extra content. So it'll be like a monthly zine and you know office hours where you can log on and talk to us and ask your crypto questions. So I think it's so important to, if you're interested in NFT, like meet the community, see what the utility is, because usually it's so much more than just what you're getting with a file. Usually there are so many perks involved. And I think that's what really drives NFT holders. Yeah, there's a there's a company that I love. It's called, well, they have they have a physical brand called Vacation Inc. It's sunscreen. Yeah. They've got this. Do you, do you know this company? Yeah, yeah. Poolside FM is um there. I mean, it's like it's hard to even explain it's what they like are. It's like a hipster they like, dreamboat. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I saw that they were selling. They were selling an NFT. I was like digging all around and I was like, I don't even know what I would get, but I want this because I want to know when they have something going on because it's inevitably it's inevitably going to be cool and I want to I want into it, whatever it might be. Yeah, I saw this great tweet the other day that was like, you know, Chipotle should sell NFTs and the utility you get, like the perk should be free guac for life. So if you own a Chipotle NFT, you can flash it for free guac forever. I love it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. who wouldn't love that? Like, if you're into a brand, like, you'll totally do that. It's like a cult classic. Yeah. I was, as I was digging around on the Poolside FM and the Vacation Inc. site, they've got this kind of like running storyline about how they're building this like tropical manor somewhere. And it's not, they're not physically actually buying property and building this place. But it's like, if you want in in future, you're going to have to have the key card to get into the manor. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know I'm going to want into the manor. Whatever it is they do there, That's I want to get in. literally the reason I didn't get one is because I was like, what's this manor? Like, I don't buy this. <laughs> but then I talked to people and they're like, no, yeah. it's legit. Like, people are legit there. It's a real thing. But I was like, I feel like this is like fire fast, but I'm like, what I'm thinking is they might do it like in the metaverse though, once they have enough yeah. funds raised from the NFT sale. Yeah. That was my assumption. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, am I that NFT collector guy buying like <laughs> Snoop's neighborhood, you know, land plot, whatever that I was like, am I now all of a sudden that, but just for hipsters who like this really cool sunscreen? I don't know. I mean, it's really cool sunscreen. It's such a good brand example of like a brand done well. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I haven't, I haven't bought it yet either, but maybe if I do, maybe I'll see you there whenever they open oh the manor, God. wherever that might be. Yeah. Let me know <laughs> if you get it for sure. I'll meet you at the manor, the metaverse I'll manor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will definitely keep you posted. Okay. So here's a question. So since it is so new and it is hard to know what's like legit. How do we stay safe and make sure we don't end up buying things that are completely not real or just nonsense and scams? Yeah, it, it's tough now because people are really taking advantage of people exploring Web3 and knowing they don't have the education yet. Um, and there, there's definitely a lot of scam artists out there. So I think the best way to do it is... Um, the number one way people lose money, and I, I read a quote and said it was over 50% of money lost last year, was due to phishing scams. So if you don't know what a phishing scam is, it's 
when somebody sends you an email, like posing as another person or company and kind of dupes you into giving them logins or money. So, you know, I've gotten emails from OpenSea, which is the NFT platform that I, I trade on and I hold some NFTs on. And I got this email that looked like it was from OpenSea saying, hey, you need to confirm your login details or, you know, access to your account might be revoked. And then I really had to look at it and be like, oh, this isn't from OpenSea. Like I had to look, check the actual email and actually see that there was things misspelled. And it was just somebody posing as OpenSea. So you give them your info and, you know, they take it. So just be really cautious about phishing scams, DMs. Um, really look, whether it's a cryptocurrency project um, or an NFT project, really look at who the founders are, how big the community is. Is the community real or does it seem like mostly bots? Um, I really believe in following your intuition. So if something doesn't seem right or if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, popular, to, you know, common belief, crypto isn't a place you can get rich quick. You can, but um, it's the exception of the rule. It is a great way to invest long-term and you do have the potential to make major gains in it. But, you know, I'd be, be pleasantly surprised if it happens. Don't count on it. Don't use money short-term. And I think lastly, um, just don't click on links. I think so many people get DM'd or on Discord, they get sent a link. Um, if, if you don't know who's sending you something, don't engage with that. I think that's just the safest thing. Pretend it's like like early internet days. Like I was a, like a preteen when the internet came out. Um, and, you know, my parents were like, don't go in chat rooms. Don't talk to anybody. Like, don't show your face. Like, and I think those rules are really great for new crypto investors to stay safe. <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. Okay, so you're launching the Crypto Witch Club card in September. So... For someone who's listening and they're like, yep, I want to know more about this. This has been super helpful and I'm just starting to get my bearings. What happens with the Crypto Witch Club card once someone has it? Yeah. So once you have it, we essentially um, give an extra layer of access to everything. So we have more content, um, kind of like, you know, all our free content about getting in. But then it's kind of like what, what happens after you get in. Um, we're going to have a lot of talks with other women in Web3. Um, job boards and opportunities for women who want to work in Web3 but aren't sure how to get started. Um, and we're going to do a lot of in-app community game nights, Web3 trivia, bingo, the works. So, you know, if you're really into learning about Fun. cryptocurrency and Web3 and you want to see how you can use it as for your own brand or for yourself, that's the perfect way to become a member. Awesome. So helpful. Okay. Anything else that we need to know before we? wrap up today. No, this was so fun though. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for for schooling me, you know. Like I like I told you, this is something that I'm so interested in and you know, the way that I found you was very much like I think probably mem many members of your, your community have found you. It was like, "Oh wait, these are like cool women giving all the down low on this that I definitely need and do not have access to. So thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. I mean, we love it. I feel it's like really good to be like, feel like you're actually doing something impactful. And I'm really excited to see what happens in Web3 and see how many women we can get involved. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with me. So, so informative and can't wait to see what you guys get up to next. Ooh. 
Ooh, the knowledge drop is so real. I am so grateful to Sharon for coming on the show and enlightening us about the world of crypto. It's so important that we continue to empower each other to break into spaces that are typically not for us. And I'm using air quotes by saying that for us, it's all for us. We can be in any space we want to be in. We can learn anything we want to learn. Whatever it is that you're feeling called to, explore it. If this episode has been one that has been educational and resonated for you, let me know about it. Send me a note. Share it with a friend who you think could use some knowledge dropping around this topic too. And if you'd be so kind as to be my podcast bestie and leave a review for the show, leave us five stars if you feel that that's what we're worthy of. If you are on Apple Pods or iTunes, all you need to do is pick up your phone, scroll down, you'll see ratings and reviews, you tap to rate, and then right below that, you can choose write a review. You can also leave reviews on Audible, on Spotify, on Google Pods, and I'm sure many other platforms too. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'll be back again next Thursday with a new episode. With that, we are complete. Much love. Have a magical day ahead. Take care.